Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. God is knowable. He's a knowable person. His ways, including faith, are learnable knowable, and we're able to progress and develop in them if we do the things he instructed us to do. He taught us to feed on his word and be nourished up in the words of faith. And he's taught us to be not just hearers, but doers of the word, to act on it. And so uh, that's what we do here at Faith School. And if this is your first time with us or your 50th time with us, Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom, turn off all distractions. Um, the enemy is a master of distraction, and we live in a world where there's so many voices and things vying for your mind time, for your attention. Don't let the enemy distract you, because while you're caught up with this from the enemy, you are missing this from God. You've got to focus on it. You've got to pay attention. And that's why the enemy is always trying to say, hey, over here, hey, look at this, and cause a problem and keep you chasing things, as they say, trying to put out fires. And that's a trick, a device of the enemy. And to develop spiritually, you have to develop powers of focus and concentration. And you've got to focus, have times where you focus on the Lord, you focus on what He's saying to you, you focus on His Spirit, and I mean nothing shakes you, nothing disrupts you. And so let that happen. It's just a few minutes of this class. Give the Lord your full attention for these next few minutes. Lord, all of us do. We come before you, and we agree together as touching this, asking for the utterance asking for the anointing, for the revelation, for the guidance, for the direction, for the answers. And uh, we're confident that if we'll give you our full attention, we'll get answers. We'll hear from you. Thank you for giving us what we need today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would look in the scripture again to Hebrews, the third chapter, we've been looking at this for a number of weeks now on a series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And we have seen what, a, uh, what an insidious and what a, a, a grievous enemy unbelief is. It, it has absolutely robbed millions of the blessings of God and prevented millions from uh, experiencing the plan of God and the will of God. Uh, you'll find people who say, oh, that's not possible. You know, if it's the will of God, it's going to happen. That's not what this book says. That's not what the 
passages we've been reading say. No, uh, it's our choice whether we listen or whether we don't. And so if you read in, in Hebrews chapter 3, he said in verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 14, uh, we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it said today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Verse 18 says, to whom swear he that they would not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. Now we've talked about this in previous classes. I want to say it again. Say it out loud. Confess it so it you know, stays in you. Believing, Believing. Is, a is a choice. Believing, Believing. Is, a is a decision. And what's the other thing we talked about? Believing is an action. Remember, faith without an action is dead. So you make the choice to believe and then you act on what you believe. And that's what he said in verse 19. So we, we see then they could not enter in because of unbelief. If you keep reading verse uh, chapter 4 verse 1 says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So they were unconvinced and they were unpersuadable and that that wrong choice to distrust, to not believe and not act on what he said, it cost them. It cost them the blessings and the plan. Now we looked earlier this week, and I want you to go back there again to Luke, the 17th chapter, just talking about, um, you know, we saw the, the man that had the, uh, the afflicted son make that choice just in a moment on yesterday's class uh, about, he said, I believe. And um, when the disciples in Luke 17, when they asked Jesus and said, increase our faith. And you know, there's no telling how many millions of people, Christians, have prayed that prayer. Right? Oh God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. And that, my friend, is a waste of time. I know some people might not like that. What do you mean? Praying's a waste of time? Yeah, if you're praying contrary to the Bible. Contrary to the Word. No, and I know if you don't know any better, well, the Lord's merciful and He'll work with you as much as He can. But how many believe that if the Lord said something to these people many years ago, He's going to say the very same thing to you today. Is that right? In fact, this Word is talking to you and I today. It never changes. So begging for faith is a waste of energy. It is a waste of prayer, a waste of time. The Lord never told you to pray for faith. Hmm? Are you all with me, class? Now, I know I, that we, we poked a holy cow just then. I know. I, I heard it move. Move. <laughs> we poked it hard. We don't just need to poke it. We need to put it down. Huh? And I said, well, of course you pray for faith. Where's that at in the scripture? Where's one verse? 
One scripture that tells you or anybody to pray for faith. No, no. And that's where people make a mistake. Because just like, you know, the man that had the son that was afflicted, and he said to Jesus, if you can do anything, help us. Well, see, he's thinking it's all up to the Lord. You do it. You, you give it to us. And so that's what they're doing right here. They're saying, increase our faith. Somebody said, well, if the disciples prayed it, then it'd be all right for us to pray it. Read the next verse. Right? Read the next verse. And the Lord said what? If you had faith. Well, why did he say that? Because they're saying, we need more. No, they didn't just say, give us faith. Did you see what they said? Increase. Well, see, that implies you got some, right? If you said, I want some more, didn't say we don't have any. Of course, you know, they've been with him for, for a little while now. So, you know, you would hope after hearing everything and seeing everything that he's doing, sure, they got some faith. And they've been ministering themselves. They've been getting people set free. They've been seeing miracles. Obviously, they got some faith. But what they're saying is, we need more. Especially when they just got through hearing about they'd have to forgive somebody seven times in a day if they asked them, their, their response was, increase our faith. We need more faith. And he said, well, if you had faith, even as a grain of mustard seed, you might say, what's the key to getting more faith? Help me, class. Not begging for it. Not asking for it. Not praying for it. What? Using what you've got. Oh, come on, can you see this? Even if it seems so small and so tiny, you've got to use what you've got. If you want it to grow, if you want it to increase, you've got to use it. And that's what he's saying. He said, uh, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say or you would say to the sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And then he goes on talking about a servant and, and seeing that the, making sure that the servant serves and doing what is commanded of the servant. Should we make our mouth do its duty, do its, do its work? Should we put our faith to work huh? instead of letting it be dormant and lax and lazy? What was the two big things we talked about? Believing is a decision and believing is what else? An action. The number one action is saying, but it's not the only action. And oftentimes you'll have saying and other actions together that's involved in receiving a miracle. If you skip down in the, uh, in the same chapter, just a couple of verses later, verse 11, Luke uh, 17 11, it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off and lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now look how this is working. Remember how faith comes. How does it come? By hearing. By hearing. Did these men hear something? Yes. Yeah, they did. What did they hear? An instruction. An instruction. What is, what is believing? Believing is a decision. And believing is an action. So first, before you can have faith, 
You got to hear. It comes by hearing. Faith in a person would come from hearing what that person said. Then you could have faith in what they said they would do. Faith in God is exactly the same way. Faith in God is based on what he told you. And what he told you he would do. Or what he told you to do. And he would do. So they came and cried out for help. You know, Lord... uh, Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And like the man we read about yesterday, I'm sure they're thinking, well, it's up to him. And so if they can just get his attention and convince him to help them, then that's it. Then it's the ball's in his court. It's in his court. And he hears them and he responds to their request, but not by just saying, here, you're healed. What What did he do? Go. He gives them an instruction. Go show yourself to the priests. Now if we just stop, let's put ourselves there by the road. (laughs) We heard them yelling and hollering. They're standing off at a distance because they're leprous. And as lepers, they were quarantined outside of the camp. No contact with anybody. So they're having to yell loud and try to get attention. And he hears them. And they say, Jesus, help us. Have mercy. Help what? They're leprous. It's a death sentence. It's uh, incurable. Terminal. They they want to be healed. Help us. Have mercy on us. Now, Jesus said he didn't say anything except what he heard the Father say. And so in every, he actually said this. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. That's what he said. So he's not just doing things at whim or random or whatever he decides to do at any moment. He checked his heart when he heard them calling and the Spirit of God, the Father by the Spirit of God, prompted him to tell them this. Go show yourself to the priests. Now you'd have to know something about the the, the Old Testament to understand why he would say that. There was... A, um, a cleansing ceremony when a leper was healed. Uh, a leper would take themselves outside the wall and call and say, I've been healed. Jehovah has healed me. Well, they didn't just take their word for it. The priest would come and examine them, look at them and examine them. And if it was true, they'd come and offer sacrifices. And it really was a beautiful thing that portrayed Jesus and the cross and and and. But anyway, then they would be proclaimed clean and be able to come back home and come back into the city. Well, when he's telling them, go show yourself to the priest, what's that saying? Yeah, but you're not healed. <laughs> you're, that, you're only supposed to do that when you're healed. And they're not healed. So here they are at a dilemma. They got to make a decision. Is that right? They either... Accept what he said and go. When they're going to the priest to show themselves to the priest, they are acting like they're healed. Oh, come on, class. Are are y'all with us or not? Do they look healed? No. Do they feel healed? No. No. And if somebody examined them right there at that moment, uh, they wouldn't say they were healed. But they got a choice to make. The Lord said... Act like you're healed. Right? The Lord said, go 
and show you, present yourself to the priests as healed so that they can examine you and pronounce you healed. Well, I'm sure that they could have looked at their bodies and went, you know, uh, why do you think we hadn't already gone? We, that's what we want, you know, heal us and then we'll go, which is walking beside. Come on, can you see that? No faith involved in that. But why are they in the book? I said, why are they in the book? Because they didn't argue with the Lord. I said, they didn't argue with the Lord. There's a phrase, hold, hold your place there, but over in Romans, you don't have to turn to it, but I'll just read it to you. Uh, there, there's no need to turn it, but Romans uh, 16, I believe, 26 or so, it talks about the obedience of faith. Say that phrase out loud. The obedience of faith. One more time. The obedience of faith. Is faith obedient? Will faith do what the Lord tells you to do? So when he tells them, go show yourself to the priest. They got symptoms. They look terrible. They feel bad. They hurt. There's all kind of things going on with their body. They got whole parts of their body that just don't work, you know, and, and they look and probably smell terrible. And um, he says, go, go and show, present yourself to the priest and, um, you know, get ready to, to offer the sacrifices. For what? For being healed. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. Yeah, but you don't have to know all of that. All you need to know is he told you to do something. Huh? Are y'all with me? He told you to do something. Now, what do you got to do? Decision. And then what? Action. Come on, say it out loud. Decision. And what? I decide to what? Decide to believe this. Right? And then, if I believe it, what now? Do it. Well, you look at each other and what, did you understand what he said? He said, go show, your, go show us up to the priest. Okay, I'm going. You going? I'm going. Here we go. So they turn and they start going. Leprosy, symptoms, stink, paralysis, and all. But something happened. Oh, hallelujah. Something happened. Can you read? Verse 14, Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass. As they went. Somebody say, as they went. As they went. As they went. They were cleansed. Not as they prayed about it. Huh? Not as they talked about it. Not as they kept waiting for a better report. Right? Not as they reasoned could they have stood out there and, and, and talked among themselves and says, well, that's crazy. You know, why do you think we, hadn't, we didn't go six months ago or a year ago or two years ago? We, we would have gone. We, everybody wants to go home, but we can't. Why? Because you're leprous. You got all this stuff in your body. You, you, you got, they, they called it, you know, be, uh, the, being half dead while you lived. Parts of your body are dead. And just decaying and non-working. And, and they're thinking, well, you know, the reasoning would say, I can't go until this is fixed. Until this is fixed. I know years ago I had uh, 
where I was t teaching on healing, there were some attorneys came and they had a, uh, a child that was sick uh, with cancer. And so they were there for weeks and they got a whole, we were talking about things like this, about believing you receive and about calling those things that be not as though they were and, and those kind of things. And they got it. And uh, when they left, their child didn't look any better, didn't feel any better. And, uh, but they went home immediately and started having healing um, Bible studies in their home <laughs> and, and testifying about how God was their healer. And uh, what do you think happened, class? What do you think? In a few months, they sent by record that his, his situation had changed and he wasn't getting worse anymore and he's recovering. Next thing you know, he was symptom free. Oh, somebody say, praise God, praise God. But it, I often wondered, you know, what if, could they have said, well, we can't do that until, right? Until all the symptoms are gone and until we can see and feel that and we got to report. No, you got to believe you receive before you feel. Is that right? Before you feel it, before you see it. Did they have a decision to make? Huh? Standing out there with all these terrible symptoms, yelling and crying and, and wanting it just to, you know, notice how quick the situation changed and it was up to them. Because they're, they're crying out, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy on us. And he, and he, he checks his heart and he gets, gets this from the Father. He says, go show yourself to the priest. Now here is where the miracle is hanging in the balance. Huh? If you won't do it, you won't get your miracle. If you will do it, something amazing is going to happen. Come on, can you see that? Can you see why I keep talking about it? It's a choice. It's a decision. A decision to what? Well, you're not going to do it if you don't believe it. But if you believe it, then you're still not done. Is that right? What if you just stood there and said, you know, I believe that. You know, I believe, I believe the Lord knows what he's talking about. I believe if he said it, it's true. Well, are you going? No, not yet. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I still got all these symptoms. But I sure believe in the Lord. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. Would they have gotten a miracle if they hadn't have obeyed? If they hadn't have gone and done what he told them to do? It is that way in life with us today, class, that when you seek God, he is faithful. He is faithful. Whatever your situation is, you cry out to him just like they did. Lord, help us. Lord, have mercy on us. I'm telling you, without fail, God will give you a word. But again and again, it'll involve you doing something. And it may seem unrelated. It may seem like, well, why would I do that yet when this hasn't happened? And when I don't, hey, quit all of your figuring and reasoning. Are you going to do it or not, right? See, why? Because it takes faith to trust Him and do it when you don't know why and just follow and understand. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Everybody said out loud again I have faith. I have faith. The faith of God. 
Amen. It's a measure of the faith of God. Now we saw, go back with me to Mark, if you would, the 11th chapter. We saw in Romans 12, in previous class, that uh, he said God's given to every person a measure of faith, a measure. You know, our faith is, is obviously not developed like God's. Like, I mean, he creates planets. But what we have is a measure. And Jesus said, even if it was a mustard seed uh, faith, it could move a mountain. It is such powerful stuff. But uh, Mark 11 talks about that. It uses that very phrase that I've, I've been using, talking about this. When uh, Jesus and the disciples walked by uh, up to a tree, a fig tree, and he spoke to it. Everybody say spoke to it. He spoke to it. And you couldn't see anything. Nothing. Nobody said anything about the ground shaking or wind blowing or nothing. So when they walked away from the tree, you couldn't tell that anything had changed. Until some many hours later, they came by and the tree had changed, dried up from the roots. So it started underground where you couldn't see. Is any of this typical? Certainly it is. Do, do words, can they carry power? Yeah, they can. And do things start in the realm you can't see? And then they affect things in the, and touch things you can see. And so when they saw it, verse 20, in the morning, well, it was evening when, when that happened, verse 19, and 20 in the morning, so this is hours later, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, Mark 11, 20. And 21, Peter calling to remembrance said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. He and they thought was remarkable. And Jesus said to him, what? Have Faith in God, or the margin of my Bible says, have the faith of God, or others say, have the God kind of faith. For verily I say to you, that whosoever shall what? Say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Is saying an important part of this. Oh, that's what Jesus said, you know, there in Luke 17. If you had faith, when they said, give us more faith, increase our faith. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. And then here, when they remark about what he spoke to it and it changed, and they're going, wow, Lord, look what happened. And so he didn't say, yeah, I can do this. Don't you try it. No, he said, if you had faith. No, I'm not saying it right. He said, have faith. Is that right? Have the God kind of faith. And then he said, believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. And if you don't doubt what you say, but believe that what you say comes to pass, you will have what you say. Now, people can mock that and make fun of it and call it, possess it, uh, you know, confess it, possess it, and blab it, grab it all. Hey, Jesus said it. These are the words of the head of the church. You'd be foolish to mock it. Say it out loud, I believe these words. I have faith. 
My faith works. And I speak my faith and it changes things in my life. Hallelujah. Our time's up again. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.